0: Well, hello. My name is Erin Pakinas. I'm Morgan Higgins. And we're here with a new podcast.
1: And we're calling our podcast Hauling Off, because that is what we're doing right now, is we're hauling off with a
0: podcast that's probably going to be odd. (laughs) (laughs) But we're doing it anyway. So our aim with this podcast is to encourage the local body uh, that we are part of and just provide more opportunities for fellowship and getting to know people and um, just getting more fellowship ground out in another vehicle via a podcast. So, yes, it's going to be rad. It is. <laughs> Today, we are doing two things. Our first podcast is dedicated to Elisar. Ellie it's <laughs> Elisar's birthday. It is, and she has been walking past us for... <laughs> More than a year, saying, you should have a podcast! Every time we're talking. So we are at her birthday party right now, tucked in a closet, podcasting. She she told us she was going to send us away during her party to record a podcast, and she did. And here here we are. are. So, we have a couple of things to do. First of all, we have a guest, because Ellie also gave us a guest for our first podcast, and it is... Layla Bowers. Yay! Yay! Yay, Layla! (laughs) So we are going to, we're going to ask her some questions and see what life as a mom of many people is like at this stage in the game. So i my questions. All right. So Layla Bowers, tell us right now, what does it look like for you to be being faithful as a very smart woman with a lot of college and a lot of desire to teach things? At home with twin babies.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and three girls at school. Yeah, and you, if you want, you can give some of your background for people because I bet. Well, if more than Ellie is listening to this, uh, they might not know how, uh, like, how much college you have, how much actual uh, competence you you possess. So, why that's actually like a thing, right? So I was super
2: driven in high school. I did Running Start, which I'm assuming all of our listeners are in Washington State, but if they're not, that's where you get to do two years of college in high school. So I graduated high school and with a two-year degree at 17, and then I went to the University of Washington. I got my bachelor's and I graduated at 20, and then I went on and got my master's in English and graduated with that at 21. So I had a master's from a very prestigious university at 21, and I started teaching community college right when I turned 22, which meant I didn't tell anyone my age for a very (laughs) long time when students would ask. Um, So I actually...
1: You you have the advantage of being a person that I assume has seemed like an adult since you were three, because you have... I always feel like you seem older than me, and you're not, so... Yeah. No, I'm an old soul, and I'm also
2: very tall, and there were a lot of things helping in that process. If I'd been like one and with a squeaky voice, it <laughs> it would have been worse. So uh, I taught at a community college level, and then at a Christian college, and I've also taught at the university for 16 years. And then the Lord moved me to teach at my daughter's school, which is Evangelical Classical School. And I got to teach there, I think almost five years, until the Lord was like, hey,
1: <laughs>
2: surprise! Surprise pregnancy. And then, hey, at the 20-week ultrasound, surprise twin boys. So, right now, With, I, with your next youngest, was she 9 then? So, they were 8, 10, 12 when eight, the boys, ten, boys were born. 8, yeah, ten both, yeah. Um, and we totally thought that chapter was closed and we had moved on and <laughs> I was just, we were going to pour our lives into this school and potentially a new college and the Lord had other things. So, um, right now, it's actually a lot of... Um, killing my own sin and I feel like I'm really late to the game on that. Um, I told my husband, I feel like the Lord has sort of been like, what are the hardest things that you don't want to do? And he set those up like bowling pins in an alley and he's given me the bowling ball and he's like, (laughs) go strike, like just roll as hard as you can. And so it's things from like giving me physical ailments where I need to actually, I do need to be working out and healthier and it's been Physical things where it's like, well, the things I've wanted to do, like walking or um, the actual exercise, and there's a very limited list that I enjoy, he has slowly <laughs> taken off the table to the point where I actually told my husband, I think we should get a rowing machine. And I had a year of rowing. Well, I had two months of rowing at the University of Washington before they cut me because I was horrifically bad. <laughs> and I eight, don't.
1: Two is good. That's a good rowing And
2: yeah. I, I, oh, they're an elite rowing school, yeah. right? And they actually needed me. And I remember at one point, the very scary coach was like, staring at me. And she's like, you're built perfectly, but you're so bad. And um, That's and, like, awesome. and so I, uh, and I don't like rowing at all. I've hated rowing. And I'm to the point where I'm like, I think we're, I'm, I think God is saying you should row because it's actually an effective way of exercising you can do. So I feel like it's little things like that where he's like, here's rowing and here's, you know, here's twin boys. And so being faithful is taking discontentedness and, um, A lot of discontentness and just killing it every time it pops up and it's leaning into these boys and thinking, okay, how do I serve them and bless them and really delight in them? And then in a weird way, also, um, it's weird to straddle sort of preteens and infants. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, it's like pouring into them and being joyful, but also then when you've had little tiny monkeys on you all day long to lean into the fact that you now have three other souls coming home at the end of the day, and they need you too. And so being able to lean into that and be actively praying for them during the day, um, thinking of how to even ask them questions when I'm tired and uh, engage with the girls on that level and um, and also be willing that, and Mo's been really good at this in my life, but that just because you've been doing one thing in one season of your life does, that, does not mean that has to continue indefinitely. So mm-hmm. um, what... God gives you a gift, but it doesn't mean he's going to use that the same every single stage of your life. And so right now it's, he's asking me to use that intellect towards these boys and, um, even in the background of the school. So like use your, maybe use your intellect where nobody can see it Yeah, yeah. and be perfectly content with that if nobody
1: even notices. Well, that's like I feel like for you, there is so much, and you can obviously say if this is not true, but, um, (laughs) I'm going to tell you what your life is about the, um, so much of it because even earlier today we were talking some about people who are ambitious and then people who are not and I am less ambitious I'm more like I'm always interested in things I want to do a bunch of stuff but I don't care um if it is seen or I just don't have any of the like achievement interests um but I know that you do and you are skilled so like there are the It's like God took you from a more immediate ambition, like a, I can, you know, I can uh, make these impressive speeches. I can teach these people this way in a very engaging way because you are a very engaging teacher. Um, And instead it's like, I'm going to have you be doing this way long-term ambitious work of um, growing up kids and now two baby boys out of like nowhere. Here they are. Um, that is that is still ambitious but it's the kind of ambitious that's death to self first and it is the the same as the whole gospel is like that where it's like the way up is down and so it's like putting all of that investment in that's for the long term
2: yeah and that's been really good for me and even to be like I think for people for women that and I think we all are wired this way on some level but for the ones who are like I I like to study people. I like to see their gifts and their strengths. And I want to equip them to see them thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, though, it, when you have, when you yourself are really driven and have a big personality, there are times that God then will, I don't know if it's benching you. That's probably, you aren't being benched when you have twin boys. But, like, yeah. he he's moving <laughs> you. It's like you're, the opposite. You're in a different, different place, league, Or yeah. you're taken off the court and you're made a coach. There's something, mm-hmm. he's just changing up where mm-hmm. you are. Because sometimes you actually do need to, he will move you out of the picture to allow other people to thrive. Yeah. I think that even yeah. happens with daughters as Oh yeah. And you guys yeah. are more in that stage and that, you know, but even when you have one daughter who is a lot like you or very different than you, but maybe similar you have a giftedness that's similar, how you real sometimes you actually have to step back or you're gonna suffocate that out of her. Yeah. And yeah. I think it was interesting to watch even in this school setting when it was like, I think I'm really necessary here, Lord, for him to be like, um, actually, I'm gonna take you out and put you in a different area so that some other people can thrive. Because you might actually have stifled their growth. And that was humbling.
0: And that is so gloriously humbling to really? realize that, you know, if you're in a position of carrying a lot of weight in a particular place, it is way tempting to feel like I am holding all of the weight of this. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. if I left, what would they do? You yeah. know, kind of thing. And just to be to be taken out of a game and watch the game go on yeah. is very sweetly humbling um, and you know, gives you some opportunity to, to recognize before the Lord that, wow, well, I guess you do have this whole universe yeah. in your hands. No, I, I remember
1: that than. with, um, doing curriculum work at the school with, I know both of you have heard this story, but maybe Ellie hasn't, our listener. Also, I'm going to let everybody, Ellie, in on a secret we have another person in here. Kara is in here, but she has vowed a vow of silence. She's just our, our audience. So she's being very quiet. She just nodded. Um, but, uh, so Ellie, I don't know if Ellie has heard this story, so I'll tell her. But when I, we were redoing the literature list for the grammar grades, like what books they would read through K to six and, um, and, uh, as I was doing it, uh, my eldest daughter, who I think was maybe a sophomore in high school then, and um, I kept asking her, I'm like, does this look right to you? You know, what what do you think about this? What about this? And she was like, yeah, no, that looks great. And I, I, at some point I was like, no, Maggie, I need to know if this is the best list. Like, I need to know if this is, what else do I need to change to make it the best literature list? And she was quiet for a second, and then she said something like... Um, Well, I think that literature list is great, but it's not as good as the one that I'll write when it's my turn. (laughs) And I was like, what? And then all of a sudden I could see what she was saying. Like the person who gets, who goes through this literature list, like the people who come through the thing that you're trying to set up are going to be far more equipped than I am to come back and remake a literature list. It's Hopefully is going to be much better than whatever... I've put together on our second run through. Um, and that's so much with your kids too, of like having to back up a little bit so that there is room for them to jump in too. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, and it was interesting. There was a, an interesting Facebook thread where someone that more my husband had known way back when was sort of beating up on a sweet little homeschool um, wife and mom and sort of taking her to task like your kids are going to be socially inept and you aren't even educated to know what you're doing and how can you even say that you value these things and usually in those Facebook threads I feel after asking my husband I step in a little bit because I figure I can take those hits like if you're going to pick a fight yeah I'll let yeah. you fight with me and so I did and it was interesting we had a couple back and forth and at one point he was like you know I just can't understand why you would choose you know, you could be a top university professor now. And I'm like, actually, I'd probably be canceled, but <laughs> sure. Hypothetically. And you'd at least be on the news. I'd right? be on the news because I wouldn't <laughs> use the preferred pronoun. Um, you know, and he's like, I can, you know, what, what's happening with your intellect and atrophine? And it took a while, like I had to pray about it before I responded. But I, I, and I wish my younger self would not have listened to me saying this or maybe believed me. But when I responded, said truly being a mom Takes every bit of my intellect. It is not mm-hmm, setting mm-hmm. it aside. Yep. It, um, in weird ways, all of the training that I got through all those years of college, I use. It's not necessarily a direct line in the same way as being in a college classroom. But I also told him, so explain to me how I'm changing the world when I fix some dinky 17 year old's comma splice. When I have four eternal souls, five eternal souls that I am. <laughs> I'm like wait, I collapsed one what down. I
1: forgot
2: one. Um, five eternal souls that like who's, if the Lord keeps them here and has them marry, like the downstream of their influence can't even touch teaching a kid a paragraph, you know? So, um, everything about mothering really does take all of that intellect. So it's not even like I'm hitting the pause button. It really is that I'm having to pour it in, in actually harder ways because it's right. not a direct line. It's like all of a sudden you have a kid that has this problem or you need to solve this problem and it takes your working different muscles, um, and my younger self would have scoffed at that but that right. is true
0: yeah well and it it takes the idea of mothering from being just keeping people alive to shaping their souls like if if i want to be a faithful follower of christ and i want my kids to follow in my footsteps what you know what does that look like how do i stay out of all the ditches that i can see around me how do i you know trust in the lord for what i'm doing how do i You know yeah it it is absolutely an intellectual project to be thinking how do you apply scripture Mm -hmm. to this two-year-old who's screaming at you because he doesn't want his peanut butter jelly sandwich like (laughs) how does that actually apply and i think it is not unintellectual right you just have to see it as being something to put all of your effort into um yeah, but I think that's, that's some of the sad part when you see someone who is, uh, who is just taking it on as a long-term babysitting job. Like, no, all totally, I'm yeah, doing, like daycare. Yeah, yeah, all I'm doing is keeping this yep. kid, like, clothed and fed and going to school and being a good person until 18, and then yep. good luck, you're on your own. And, you know, what a yeah. what a sad thing to have that little of a vision of what yeah. you're doing. No,
1: it, it kind of reminds me of, um, <clears throat> like, uh, you know how, like, Okay so in like a karate class or something karate like where where like when they go through like I don't even know I the thing is I don't know about this so I might be thinking I might be calling it the wrong things or whatever but you know like when they go through warm up things that are like and then they're like chop to this side chop to that side and they're doing it's like a whole <laughs> scripted thing. I took a karate class in college. <laughs>
0: I totally remember what you're talking <laughs> oh, yeah. about. I've never done it but, but I not really know what it's this. Yeah. I so remember.
1: like that, that is obviously for something else but it, I feel like it's kind of like um, doing intellectual things in an intellectual environment is much more like that. It's like we have all agreed on these rules we're all going to do this together this is, you know, or even like a scripted fight in a movie or whatever mm-hmm. where it's like everybody has done all of it where parenting intellectualism and parent int, that's not right and not being intellectual using intellectual skills in parenting is way more a, like cage a street match. Fight. yes yeah. yeah it's like how many of them Yeah no, and it's what like are hey we didn't say we we're going to use knives like put that away we're we're supposed to be just doing hand to hand like put put away your weapons right. and they're like no way man i got these um that that kind of fighting is different it's not the same um, thing is talking to another super educated person. Um, but it, it does sharpen completely different skills, um, than you could ever get being in a classroom. It's, it is a very different kind of,
2: right. Well, and I think you'd use the analogy once that like a lot of intellectuals are like car mechanics with Mm. their vehicles up on Mm -hmm. the lift and they're in there tinkering, tinkering, tinkering. And like, they love the vehicles and they, I think most yeah, of them yeah. actually do love them and they know them intimately but they never drive them. Yeah. And so the best and I think Lewis and Tolkien and so many are like this where it's like the lord actually like just pushed their vehicles off and was like go off-roading yeah. you know mm-hmm. through war and life and family. And so those tend to be the best because they merged the two worlds. Yeah. Yeah. But-
0: yeah. No, we saw that a little bit this weekend over in Moscow mm-hmm. where you know it's an academic town and you do run across yeah, yeah, young yeah. men yeah looking very academic and which is great if that's the season that you're busy doing that. But what you want is for them to apply it. Like you're not hoping for a whole bunch of men to sit quietly around a table doing really hard smoking a pipe and and reading good books or whatever yeah we want you to go take this somewhere and get it on the road like put this thing on the ground but you know as is always the case you get it on the ground and there's potholes and it's raining and all of a sudden you know your left tire blows out like there's so many problems that you then have to deal with which is why it's tempting to avoid the road well
2: yeah one of the things that turned me from pursuing a PhD was meeting Andy and wanting to marry him and come home but also and I would challenge anyone who really the where the call of the intellectual life and the Ivy Tower like draws them because I I actually still have to Mm -hmm. fight that Mm -hmm. there are totally moments when I'm like yeah yeah. you know sign me up for Oxford like yeah (laughs) uh I have 55 options of PhDs that I would like to pursue, but, uh, to look at the, so look at the men and women who would be your professors and actually look at their lives because they are hollow. I mean, most of mine were hollow. There were one or two, but again, there were ones who had families, but most of them, it was like, they, they lived in their brains and they had lovely old homes filled with books, but their lives were just empty. And Mm. that didn't appeal to me. I was like, you are hollow shells of people who have ginormous brains, but yeah.
1: Well, and it seems to me, I again, I, I went to junior college for a while and did, I, I grew up in a house that was not concerned with formal education, but was concerned with making sure you're always learning. But I disdained formal education so much that my last, uh, second to last quarter at the junior college I went to, I switched classes because they told me, oh, that will, the register lady told me. That will give you an AA degree. And I was like, eh, no thanks. I don't want a degree. So which class was it that put me over? Give me another math class. I don't want to do that. So, um, like, which I don't believe that now. That I that was stupid. But, um, wait, what am I talking about?
0: <laughs> I don't know. This is a problem. This is...
2: Anti-intellectual yeah. professors' lives. Yeah.
0: yes. Families? Sometimes you haul off and it just drops. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> you start hauling off and you're like, "Wait, where was it going? I don't, know. I don't even know what I'm talking about." Uh, okay, if I think of it later, I'll say it. Okay, but, next question. Yeah. What are some of your practical tools to stay out of a sin dumpster? Like, what are some of the specific things that you're like? Okay, I know if I I know when I'm going down the toilet, mm. get out. What do I? What are your Hmm. Practical ways to turn yourself actively.
2: Um, the, so, one of the ways I know I'm going into the dumpster is when I find the same thought or image coming up in my mind, maybe more than two or three times. So, the moment I'm like, I start rerunning a conversation or a scenario or some image I saw on Instagram or whatever. If, it's, if it repeats, then I know there's a good chance that I'm in trouble. It's Be- going to cause you problems. Yeah. And because I spent so much... I mean, I'm an only child. So I spent a lot of my time growing up in my brain all the time and just totally fermenting on things and just driving them down deep into mm-hmm. the garbage disposal of my soul. And they stayed there sometimes years. Mm-hmm. And so now I can catch it pretty quick where if it's coming. And so I immediately... Usually my two options are like, Lord, just take the image away. So I'll pray about it. Um, then often my next one is if it has to do with, um, envy, because I really do struggle with envying people and things and situations and, um, is, um, asking for forgiveness for coveting. And I have to call it that or else I'll call it, 25 different things Ooh, and yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, wiggle yeah. out of it. Cute, cute little yeah. yeah. Sorry yeah, Lord nice. for struggling with wanting to be like her. Just dumb yeah, things yeah, where it's yeah. like, sorry for coveting her looks or yeah, covering I mean, her, coveting her body, which is still incredibly hard for me to make myself do. Yeah. 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 Um, and then thanking the Lord that he has given her that oh, body, oh, yeah. that time, that, that, those resources, whatever it would be. Um, so those are my steps where it's like, if I see an image or thought, then usually, um, asking him to take it away and just get it out and then repenting and then actually thinking or praying for her, especially if I know there's some specific prayer request associated with her, her family. And then, so that's one. The other one is if I start feeling myself getting tense about a scenario. Mm -hmm. So if something went down on the way out to school in the morning, or if my husband said something and I find myself starting to get like that, feeling uh throughout the day which is now really interesting because i mean for the most part my husband and i have been in the same you know oh yeah yeah vicinity for the last five years and so all of a sudden now there's that distance so it's not like i can just go
0: to resource and say yeah sorry sorry about
2: that that. Uh, i can text him but you know and so it's like if i um a big one for that if, if it's something where i habitually get fussy about it one thing i've been really trying to do is to say lord take it and if if it is something that I need to talk to him about, bring it to mind when he comes home, when I have a good attitude. Um, if it is not something that I need to talk to him about, then like, but it's something that needs to be fixed, then you fix it in your own time. Like, mm-hmm. so just praying that like, Lord, you can victim of it. I don't need to be the one who's nagging him um, mm-hmm. like that. Those are two. Uh, I think Mo, and actually you would agree. If I find myself just getting in a bit of a pity party, I will usually blast some sort of loud music. Okay so that I get out of my own head Yep. Um, or make myself go outside. Um, so that's one, because I can get trapped in my own brain a lot. Um, I do try and read the Bible every day. I've actually been listening to it lately, mainly because I was a stinker when people were like, I listen to my Bible. And I was Ooh, like, you bad yeah, Christian. Yeah, yeah. And then I was Deep like, reading. guess what you're no, going to do? Exactly. Yeah, You're cheating. <laughs> you're cheating. Yeah. You have to read it. And then I'm like, now you're going to listen to it. That One, because so you have twin boys. And right? two, because you're being a snot. And so like now this is what you're going to do.
0: I can't count how many people... If you say, "Oh, have you read this book?" They're like, "Well, I listened to it." Yeah, and I'm like, "It's fine. It counts." I
1: totally feel like I have to confess it. Also, like, I did not read that book, but I did listen to it. (laughs) You're like, and because there are, you know, because some books I've listened to because I'm like, there's no way I could read this right now because it is like too heavy or whatever. Where by the time you get to the part in your day where you could actually hold a book in front of you and look at it. It's like my brain stopped working four hours ago. Yeah. So, but if you can listen to it when you are fresher doing the laundry, it's like, Oh, that can actually get yep. in. Um, but yeah, it is funny how, but then sometimes also I'm like, okay, I've, I have listened to too many things. Now I'm going to actually read something. Cause you can totally be, uh, doing it wrong in a lot of directions. Yeah.
0: I've actually run into that with, uh, listening to scripture. So we listen to it on our way to school every morning. Yeah. And um, it is, I am noticing that I am way less connected recently because I'm mm. not reading. You know, and, and sometimes that has been a great solution is yep. to read it along the way. But I'm, I'm finding myself kind of numbed to the reader. <laughs> I'm not oh, paying yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah. To like so, you tune it out. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny because sometimes it's a great tool and it's, again, you're back to, this is not, a boring task to try and figure out yeah. what is the problem right now with me getting scripture in what, you know, how is, how am I going to solve this problem? Yeah. Uh, so the other yeah. one
2: I've been doing, I, I spent most of my life generally, unless I knew it was a blatant sin, whatever sort of my gut said to do, I would just follow it. And lately, whenever I've really been like, I don't feel like doing the laundry now, or I don't feel like doing the dishes being like, then that's what you're going to do. Because I Ooh, realized right, more yeah. and more that it's like you, that does my gut. Even if it's, so it could be right, but it's not my boss. Yeah. And so like, you know, trying, and and that's part of the bowling pins where it's like, um, so counting calories actually doesn't work for me in terms of losing weight, what I eat when I eat it, that works. But you know what I hate doing is writing down what I've eaten. So now I'm like, that's what you're going to do. And it doesn't actually matter if it doesn't results in the stupid fitness pal, you'll weigh this, you know, if, yeah. <laughs> um, like none of that matters. It's that you don't want to do it and that's then what you are going to do. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm trying to do more of that where it's like, you need to kill, um, the fact that you so easily give into whatever you feel like doing, even if it's not sin, even if it's preference, I'm trying to work on.
1: No, it is interesting. Cause I feel like that is one of the things that you get with wisdom is even telling the difference between, um, like what what do I want to do in a freedom sense like in a like if you're decorating a room or something how how do I want to do this that's like one kind of wanting or preference but then uh, it is very easy to lump under that same category things like well I don't want to do the laundry right now that that's totally the kind where you're like uh, okay I need to distinguish between these two things because the one is is totally one that I work at not listening to at all, where it's like, well, too bad for you. You know, because it's the same. It's way easy to see it in your kids, where it's like, I don't want to get dressed. And it's like, (laughs) cool, I don't even care. Like, (laughs) Have fun getting dressed. Yes, it's going to be great. Um, That is so different than, this is my favorite sweater. I love wearing the sweater. That is not, uh, like I picked it because it's my favorite sweater. That's not the same kind of um Preference or desire, and weeding those out from each other is is a very useful skill, because it's like oh yeah, I'm gonna not listen to that part.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah,
1: those were pretty good answers. I did yeah, remember what I was worse. gonna say, but it was actually huh. really stupid. So <gasps> well, should I still what say? What was it? You should haul yeah, it off. It, it, I do think it's funny <laughs> that I can't even remember. Uh, it, it's actually about how so in academic circles. So like obviously in a in a new field or in a newly pursued field, the kinds of dissertations that people write are so foundational. They're like things that are like, well, we needed that. Like that was really useful work in building yes. a structure where and this is what <clears throat> I'm saying, I don't this is totally like a gut feeling I have. This is not a a knowledgeable criticism. So I may be completely off and you actually probably know more about this Layla does than I do for sure. But it seems like in a lot of fields, people are starting to write dissertations that are so bizarre, like they are off on some teeny little corner edge of something trying to create new structure. On a thing where it's like, well, I think we've got the structure nailed down. Like this is we've kind of covered this. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be walking way out here trying to come up with new work on, um, on an idea that. So that is another part that makes it a completely different um, environment where you're talking to people who are trying to come up with something new on a thing where it's like I don't really know if we need a lot of new on this in this field.
2: No, I'm like I don't I don't know if Shakespeare can take. Many more dissertations. Ooh. I think Shakespeare can take hundreds, maybe centuries, century years more of uh, productions and mm-hmm. yep, totally. um, mm-hmm. and even like generations coming up and reading him because he that is the kind of writer that he is, and that's what good writers do. I don't know if he can take many more dissertations because the whole aspect of a PhD and the what it's entirely predicated upon is bringing something new to the body of knowledge right. in that field, and I'm like, well. And, and that's where you get into dangerous waters with literary criticism and yeah, yeah. all of the new you know queer theory and all of that, which is tangential to this. But yeah, that's where I think even you get in socialism and anthropology and all that some really weird things almost being invented and that have proven incredibly destructive in the culture because people are like, well, I can't find anything in the field. So yeah, I'm yeah. going to invent something <laughs> and import it in.
1: No, and that's the part with kids that's so interesting is you're going over so many basic things over and over. But it that doesn't get old. It's not, like, you don't have to invent new stuff. It's just <laughs> applying the same things to these different people who are going through these different stages that roots itself into, like, it makes you wiser and wiser as you're going instead of more and more irrelevant to everything else yeah. where you're like, what are you doing up there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is like...
0: Because topics. there's there is an endless collection of circumstances mm-hmm. that you're gonna run across to apply the truth of scripture to. Yeah. Right? Like God will always be throwing you a new angle on some problem that you have or like a special new problem that you yeah. didn't even consider you would ever have. Yeah. And And like with all
1: the kids who the different sibling combinations oh, yeah. we're like, oh, <laughs> we haven't run into this before. What is you,
0: what are you guys having a problem about? What's happening over here? Right. Yeah. And so applying the truth to all the layers of circumstances is not ever going to go away all right so last chunk is free for all best advice or um wisdom for our ladies who are about 16 a young woman who still has a couple years left i forgot to think about this did you Wait, did I say something earlier? Yeah. Oh, I did? Okay. <laughs> Let me see it's if okay I can remember <laughs> what I said. I, I might have it written down one moment. Okay. So, I'll look. <laughs> so, good wisdom for a young lady who is not at the end of her schooling, still has a couple years left, um, and is striving to be faithful and wanting to grow in wisdom and...
1: Oh yeah. I do have stature. something to say about that. That we are so thankful that, like, our school and church community... Are, is like bursting full of lovely young ladies who are pursuing God, and that is like it's pretty awesome because mm-hmm. all of them I'm like, wow, you guys are way more on this than I was. <laughs> Amen. <So> yeah,
0: <laughs> God has been majorly really kind. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, I would say because again, they are way they are lapping me considerably in so many areas, and I actually really like that. Um, I would say to get in the back pocket of an older lady, well, one, foster your relationship with your mom. And I actually think really lean into that at this stage because right here where you're starting to sort of grow in independence and a desire to be a mom and a wife um, and be independent and set up your own household, I think those are natural desires that are can be God-glorifying, God-honoring. But they can also, if you don't sort of wrangle them, they can start to turn in at your mom because Mm -hmm. you are desiring some of that, but you're still here and you are actually still underneath your father's headship and then kind of on the sideways eve, I guess, underneath um, her as she is, you know, leading um, the home and uh, administering household duties under his leadership and care. So... I, I graded against that because I was like, I want out. I want to do my own thing. And I think just be patient and learn and foster that relationship from your mom as much as possible because your time with her is potentially limited. Mm-hmm. And it things will change when you're married and it's great, but they will change. So um, foster that, but also climb up in the back pocket of an older lady if you can. And as someone who is beginning to forget... How many children she has. Um, if you That's are <laughs> if you are not, um, you have to be the, and I know Moe's been in this position, I think you have too, where if you just say in passing, hey, I'd love to come up sometime. It won't happen and we will forget. You have to be the instigator, yeah. Oh, yeah. and you, you have, have to be, be almost totally. obnoxiously yep. texting or calling or emailing, being like, okay, I can come Monday. And then like yep. check back in that night and tell us you're on your way. Like we need that kind of and honestly, that's encouraging to know you're that excited about it. Like you're that into it. So, um, I wish I had just gathered as much wisdom from older ladies at that age as I could have, because I feel like I'm playing catch up now.
1: That thing about moms is really good too. Cause I think it's around that age also that girls start to notice their moms failings in yeah. a new way. Um, and it can be very, I think it's easy for that to become too emotionally disappointing. Like, um, where then you can be <laughs> unkind to your mom about that, uh, because you're like, but I thought
0: you were perfect.
1: Like, why, why are you
0: doing these stupid things? Yeah. Um, and so yeah. much gratitude, you know, yep. I mean like yep. at some point recognizing that you come from a stream of people mm-hmm. and so looking backwards and saying, How has the Lord been kind and gracious to save my mom? Yeah. You know, because my mom was saved out of a totally not Christian home. Yeah. So, for whatever there is that she didn't do amazing, she became a Christian and (laughs) taught me (laughs) that that was the right thing to do. So, like, you know, just training yourself so much to be so grateful for all that he did in giving you a leg up to know Christ when she did not have that. Yeah. you know, and obviously everybody comes from a different story, but to be so grateful for what the Lord gave you in your mom. Yeah. And even engaging her
1: about like, well, what was it like when you were my age? What was your mom doing? What was your growing up like? Because a lot of times that gives you more of the context where you're like, okay, well, actually you're doing awesome. Like you were not given any of the things that I was given. It makes it, yeah. much more understandable
2: and right now you feel very busy and I know it sounds like an old lady saying this to a much younger but um <laughs> you you are way less busy now than you will ever be in your life and so where you have a desires to learn things or to grow in hobbies or to gain skill sets yeah. um run after it now yep. so if you're like I really love photography then I mean one of the things that I did I think I was young married and didn't have kids yet but I would just, I would contact photographers that I had somehow gotten connected with and say, can I just shadow you or be a second shoot on a wedding? And because I had the time then. And so like you learn skills by doing that. Or if you're like, I really want to learn how to bake bread, go find the best bread baker, you know, um, I want to learn how to garden, then just hang out in the garden with a lady over the summer. And, um, cause you just, you really won't have that opportunity again, ever, not in the yeah, same right, way. Yeah. And yeah. so gain, and that, those are the kind of skills where, um, Kind of like with your intellect, you will, you will always use those in whatever setting the Lord gives you, whether he blesses you with the family or not. Like it is bizarre the way he takes the gifts that he's given you and the skill sets and uses them so many different ways, um, in funny ways that you never expected. But, um, you know, we, t- I try and tell our girls like, cause they've asked before, I'm like, how, how are we going to find husbands? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, you don't need to find yeah. anybody. Okay. I'm like, so we generally tell them like, and they I will admit I'm not a big sports person. They probably know more about sports than I do. But I'm like, you know, in football, like when the quarterback, see here, I'm even going to get in trouble. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the ball goes back and someone gets it and they run (laughs) towards the end zone. I'm like, you want to be that guy where God has thrown particular giftedness and abilities and and weaknesses, but like he's given you a particular football. And like, that's your talent. And Mm -hmm. we, so you run, you be faithful with it in whatever season you're in um, grow it and foster it. And then like when the Lord has you marry and I don't doubt that it will happen, he will like the guy's going to come from the blind side. Maybe not. Maybe you'll have been on the field for a while, but like just keeping faithful and running to the end zone and you'll get blindside tackled at the right time.
1: Yeah, no, we were this weekend, a friend was saying, uh, that, uh, uh a man needs to be a wrecking ball to a girl who is going somewhere like you, you, or or maybe she's not going somewhere, but, um, (laughs) it, it is going to be extremely disruptive, like whatever happens there. And you like, that's, you don't have to be all set up waiting and looking and like, I am ready now, like looking for a thing. You need to be doing the things that God has given you. And don't worry, that guy is going to blow hopefully come crashing through. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, cause the temptation is, to be still and wait for it to show up rather, you know, like, well, if I put so much time into this thing that I'm trying to do, what if then I get married and I don't do that anymore? Well, it won't be, it won't be lost. Like it is not in vain. There is nothing that you do now that is in vain, you know, in however God's going to work it out. Um, Yeah. No, that book, uh, David Epstein's book, range
1: is really good Mm -hmm. about that yeah Mm -hmm. like he's not a believer it's not about anything it's not from that direction but it's talking about um you know combinations of skills are actually the thing that makes you really valuable uh not intense specialization now obviously there is some place that that's not true if you are operating on one kind of brain tumor that's very difficult to access and you have yeah. to like learn all these skills to do that. That person does need to be exceptionally <clears throat> specialized, but in general in life, um, the, the weird things that you've picked up in other places are that you then put together in a new way. That is what makes you, um, it's, it gives your contributions value that's yep. different than other people have. Cause that's like a whole sports thing, you know, kids specializing really early, uh, the thing that college recruiters are, what they look for are kids that have played multiple sports because the, it's not even really quantifiable what they pick up. So like what you learn in golf applies to football in ways that are not easily diagrammed. Yeah. Yeah, Like you can't be like, yes, totally. Um, but all of that, and even, um, In an athlete, how their bodies function are
0: impacted by the different sports that they've done. But now Mm -hmm. we're really getting off the topic here. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, speaking of boys and getting married, good Mm -hmm. advice for young ladies to uh, attend Mm -hmm. to interactions with young men. I have one. Go for it. Oh, it. Go because we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Uh, so in scripture, it talks about treating young men like a brother, um, but obviously they aren't exactly your brother. So like there would be things that you would talk to an actual brother about that mm-hmm. you wouldn't yep. talk yep. to, mm-hmm. a, yeah. you know, a young man yeah. in your circle Hopefully about. Hopefully you
1: hug your brother a lot. Hopefully you're not hugging
0: all of the boys dudes a lot. A yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the really helpful filters. That we talked about was thinking about, you know, in your interactions with a young man, would you be okay if your mom had the same interaction with his dad? <laughs> and that is a creepy, weird help yes. to be like, ooh, that, okay, I see what you're saying. Because obviously yep. what you're looking for is a large group of brothers and sisters in Christ to function in a community at large and be able to have good conversations and be yep. able to work together and, you know, in varying ways. But a good filter, actually we have one in our family too, a good filter would be like if my mom was talking to his dad like that, would I feel awkward about that?
1: No, totally. Like like if yep. you were being prayer partners. Right. Like, you know, every morning <laughs> Layla... And my husband Sean get together to pray while I get together with her (laughs) husband Andy to pray. It's so it's so weird. You're like Yes, and obviously that's not the same because being married is different than being single. But but it is one of those those good tricks just to check, are you lying to yourself about what's going on here? Like don't don't be doing that. And you have uh because Erin has five girls. Yes. Um they, ha- they say to their
0: girls, you can actually say it. Yes. We say to our girls, uh, you, obviously, there are young men all over the place. Like, yeah. it's fine for you to be looking around and noticing them. That is yep. not a problem. But you need to keep your interactions with them such that if turns out they're really interested in a sister of yours and they end up marrying your sister and you have to sit at the Thanksgiving table with them every year until you're <sighs> dead... Is that going to be weird? Like, have you gotten so far down the road with a person that you wouldn't be comfortable with him marrying a sister of yours? And if that is the case, then you know you've grabbed on too tight. Yeah. Um, And I mean, unless you're engaged, like unless he's already talked to your dad and you're like, you know, you're down the road. If you are not to a functional moving point, then you need to be able to look at him and say, if you have a sister or a really good friend how would I feel if she married him? And if you have strong feelings of horror, (laughs) then you have grabbed on too tight too soon.
2: Yeah. And I do think the, so one, and this is not the ditch I fall into. I fall into the ditch of having, just being a prickly porcupine, blasting people with a very um, sarcastic tongue. And so like, I very much fell into the, like, I will keep people at bay by being mean. And I can still fall into that ditch. I I do think, and interestingly, because I think we, our opposites are usually our friends and often who we ultimately marry. But um, for my friends who were girls growing up, then it was interesting that I often had friends who were more naturally flirtatious. So because, right, that's what Mm -hmm. tends to happen. And I had many conversations where I would say to them, hey, that interaction was kind of flirty. And their response typically would be, I can't help it. It's my personality. And I don't think any Christian woman ever gets to have that as an excuse. Yeah. So now if there are some girls that are naturally more friendly, yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. But they actually, so in the same, they have to fight that tendency towards being overly friendly in the same way that I have to fight being a nasty, cold, right. meanie pants. Like, I yeah. mean, it has to, it, it's not just on me because mine is more obviously, um, abrasive, I think. Right. right? It has, because there's tends towards the natural kindness. I do think you need to be aware Um, even in some of the ways that you might stand next, stand near a man or, um, you know, we even teach our girls like how you would bend over and pick up something that you've dropped, Mm -hmm. um, different things where it's like, that's, that's actually a kindness. That's manners that you perform to a young man. It's not weird, cultish behavior. It's just, how do you care for them? But I do think you have to, both directions, you have to check it. If you're, if you're inclined towards being, having barbed wire fences all around you, you know, don't poke out people's eyeballs. If you, If you are inclined towards flirtation, you actually still need to be mindful of that. Right. So,
0: yeah. I actually have a couple of girls who I, and I don't do it all of the time, but sometimes I require of them interaction with a young man in particular. Yeah. <laughs> and not because, yes. I, obviously not because I'm trying to push that, right. push her on a kid, but because I have some girls who are prone toward that, like, I'm fine as long as you never look at me and I yep. never talk. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes it is, you know, you just have to look at your people Yeah. if you're yeah. a mom. And if you are a girl, you have to think about you. With, what is your
1: problem? What is yeah. the thing that you need to be looking at? We talk about it, too. You can, like, also kind of just look out at your relationship with all the boys you know is any relationship sticking up above the other ones? Like have you way overdeveloped one friendship, which is really easy to do because it, it, you know, you get along with people at different totally. levels. Um, but you know, we're like, is there one, you know, like, are you emailing or, uh, texting, not texting, what are they all on? Google hangout, whatever. Yeah. If it's Google, Google hangouting that's directed at all the guys equally, this is very different than if it's like, well, I'm always talking to this one, or I'm always sitting by this one, or whatever. Those are times where you need to just start paying attention. Are you giving him way more than he should be getting right now? Like, the the exclusive things are where there's, like, lots of trouble. We have yeah. a visitor.
0: We have He's a cute three baby. visitors. Do you oh, have babies. both babies? There's
1: food now. <laughs> Look at those <laughs> smiles. He's your mom. Hi. <laughs> Okay, well, we did. We talked for a okay, oh, That's okay, of we're good. There's nice. babies everywhere. We hauled off. We did. We, did. we did. we hauled off. We hauled off, and now we have hauled babies in. Yeah, now you have to go haul off some babies. Yep. Some. Okay, right. we, bye. Ellie, bye. Happy, happy birthday. birthday Ellie. Woo!